Hi and welcome to the seventh episode of Compliance Bites. Today I'm delighted to welcome Rebecca Hall, who is involved in the financial services industry since 2015, has been a compliance officer, and is going to talk to us about the specificities of ICARAs. I'm delighted to have her on because she has all the technical and pragmatic knowledge to answer all of the questions I have for her today. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you, Jerry. So, ICARA, what I want to know is, does it all stem from the IFPR regime? Exactly, yes. So all MIFID-proof firms um, are subject to the Investment Firms Prudential Regime, or IFPR, as you say. Uh, and this was as at the 1st of January 2022. Uh, all of these firms will be subject to completing an ICARA for the first time. So what is an ICARA in layman's terms? Sure. So the ICARA is the firm's internal capital adequacy and risk assessment uh, this will focus heavily on the risks a firm has to itself, its clients and the market that it operates in. Um, the ICAR will also include a wind down plan, which will focus on the recovery, uh, an orderly wind down and a disorderly wind down of the firm. So it sounds as if an ICAR is a bit like an ICAP. How, how should it be treated differently? Yes, so so in effect, they're fairly similar documents. Um, The ICARA is effect um, the ICAP on steroids. Um, Although both will be subject to ongoing review by the governing body, uh, the ICARA will also be monitored by the FCA by way of annual return, uh, this being the MIF-007. We'll talk about that more a bit later on. Um, Again, on a surface level, the the ICARA will need to be updated annually or upon material change. Uh, Therefore, it's treated more as an ongoing process uh, the FCA really expect firms to treat this as a holistic risk management centrepiece tool, which firms should monitor. Okay, okay. So, so in effect, I've I've heard clients think that this was much heavier than an ICAP, and you say it's an ICAP on steroids. So, what parts of an ICAP can be brought into your ICARA, and what parts are new then? Sure. So, around thirty percent of the ICAP is translatable material into the ICARA. Uh, the key areas which you, which firms who would have previously been required to produce an ICAP, uh, though those key areas which you can now translate into the ICARA will include the business strategy, uh, risk management, governance, um, and stress testing as well. So from that, what are the key components of the ICARA? Yes, yeah, so there's a few things that the firms need to keep in mind when producing their ICARA for the first time. Uh, Firms will now need to identify the risk of harms not only to itself, but to its clients and the market in which it operates in. Uh, They'll also be required to undertake harm mitigation, demonstrating its capital and liquidity planning upon an adverse effect occurring. Uh, A clear overview of the firm's business model assessment, planning and forecasting to analyse their financial resources. This this serves the purpose of mitigating the harms that have been identified and to ensure that the firm can can wind down in an orderly manner. Okay. Um, Stress stress testing will also be required. So firms will now need to demonstrate the stress testing they have carried out relevant to the business's specific risks. Uh, Firms will also need to demonstrate how they can convert liquid assets into cash under stress scenarios. So finally, firms will need to detail their recovery action and wind down planning and how they intend to recover from an adverse effect event. Wow, so actually, it is much longer than an ICAP. And I guess you've got to demonstrate reasoning around 
not just the harms, which are the risk, but the risk to the firm, the risk to the customers, the risk to the market, and demonstrate financial awareness as to how you might remedy this risk or this harm if it occurred using liquid finance if need be. So a lot more work, definitely. Um, With that in mind, how do you go about considering or identifying the harms and or their monitoring? Is that complicated? Yeah, it's it's a very important question, Jerome. So under the ICARA, the focus has really shifted from identifying the risk to the firm itself now looking at the, the risk of harms, and we use the word harms now when we're talking about the risk to, to the clients and to the market in which the firm operates, and as, as I mentioned earlier, um, the examples of the types of potential harms that you may wish to consider are laid out in Annex 1 of MIFID Pro 7. Uh, the, the firm should also understand its risks um, in relation to any activity, activities which may be outside of the scope of MIFID and any unregulated activities as well. So, so what does that mean? That you got to think beyond the guidelines. You got to come up with things. Yes, exactly. So there's there's many things which firms will need to consider. Um, some examples of this could be, you know, failure of a custody or a banking counterparty, um, and, and obviously you would have to understand your mitigating factors with, with that as well. Um, things like fund underperformance too could be a risk um, to, to yourself, to, to the market and, and the clients as well. Uh, and again, the mitigating factors will, will have to be considered with those as well. Okay, so you've got to think outside the box. That's what DFCA is kind of putting the onus on management and uh, senior management functions to do. I get that. And, and that's a big effort, which you can do in conjunction with, with specialists. Um how is that then reported to GFCA? Does GFCA inherit your ICARA? No. So unless it's specifically requested by the FCA, the ICARA document itself does not need to be submitted to the FCA. However, the MIF-007 ICARA questionnaire return is compulsory for all firms and it is due for completion on reg data. And this is due on an annual basis. We do expect the FCA to ask a number of firms for their ICARA as a result of the answers that they submit as part of the MIF-007. Um, we're, we're unsure at the moment how many will be requested, but we, we do believe that it will be um, at least a few um, for the first time that firms do this. Okay. Um, but then the next question for me is, what is in the MIF-007? because presumably you want to think about that when you draft your ICARA as well, because the two must be connected. Is that the case? What are the disclosable elements in the MIF-007? Sure. So the MIF-007 essentially replaces the old FSA-019, and the scope of its questions would include key dates, own funds compositions, uh, threshold requirements, and additional own funds and liquid assets required, uh, details in respect of the firm's wind-down planning, and the firm's business model and its activities. So it's important to note, especially the last two that I mentioned there, not to lack focus on your wind down planning and business model assessment, um, because the when you come to do your returns, you will need to have um, a good understanding of these areas. Absolutely. So you really want to factor that in and factor that detail, but you know you're not going to submit your full ICARA unless it is requested And as you've just said, you believe that following the first set of 
MIF 007 returns, it's likely DSA will ask for some ICARAs probably to learn on the job as much as our client base must learn on the job. So so with that in mind, what deadlines or, or, or timelines are we looking at, just as a reminder? Sure. So your MIF 07 will be due on the date which you selected when you completed your IFPR setup questionnaire. Uh, this was delivered to firms at the end of last year. Um, most firms would have selected three months post their first year end under IFPR. So, for example, if you are a firm with the year end of March 31st, it's most likely that you'll have a June 30th first reporting date for the MIF 07. Uh, firms who are lucky enough to have a December year end won't need to complete their first MIF 07 until March 2023. So it gives them a little bit of extra time to, to figure out the process. But so presumably two questions come to my mind. One is, if you were to do a report in the first part, there may be firms out there that haven't completed by the deadline of 31st of March their ICARO or ICARO questionnaires. And that exactly, would yes. that be a problem? Uh, no, it's not a problem. So the date of the MIF 07 can be changed. Uh, this is done via the FCA Connect, uh, and this is through the, the MIFID PRU notifications, completing the MIFID PRU 7 Annex 6R notification. Uh, when you go into here, the only information that you'll need is your existing MIF 07 date and the date which you wish to move it to. Um, do keep in mind that this can only be up to six months post your financial year end. Okay. Okay. So, so there's some potential for catching up. And then the second part of my thinking was, if you are going to report after December year end, uh, you might think it's okay, you don't need to do your ICARA now. And I guess that would be the wrong approach because there's probably quite a lot of work to be done probably now or by, by you know, Q3, Q4. Exactly, yes. So we, we do recommend that firms have their ICARA done as soon as possible. Um, it is the FCA's expectation that as of the 1st of January 2022, all firms coming into that scope of the of the IFPR should have already completed their ICARA. Obviously, it's not entirely realistic and, and a pragmatic approach to, to assume that that has happened. Um, but obviously, getting it done sooner is is you know, the, the best way to do it to make sure that firms are prepared for their first set of MIF 07 returns. So off the top of your head, and this will be my last question, considering how much work you've done with your team on ICARAs, for a, I know it's hard to gauge, but for the average firm that may be uh, in the asset management space, um, how many hours do you think a firm should devote to completing an ICARA or how many work days roughly? Yeah, I mean, we expect the ICARAs to take a long time for firms to complete. Uh, this is often sort of between two to four months, depending on the complexity of the firm. Uh, I mean, two months, we would expect SNIs of a simple nature to be able to complete these. Uh, non-SNIs and especially larger non-SNIs who have additional requirements such as the reverse stress testing, uh, they will have you know much more work to do, um, especially those with um, extra business lines as well or, or multiple business lines. Um, it's probably going to take around four months to complete. Okay. okay, well, thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you for your time. I'm sure this will be very useful information to all our listeners and I uh, wish you a very good day. Thank you very much, Jerome.